So, congratulations. Thanks, Megan. So, I had a totally different message last night, and I was very frustrated because I tried to, I was like looking into verses and everything, and then I looked over at Alex, and I'm like, I don't want to ever speak again. I'm just done. I'm not going to speak because now I'm totally confused when I actually started like looking into what I was going to say. So (laughs) he's like, don't worry about it. Just the Holy Spirit will give you what you need. And sure enough, in the middle of the night, he gave me Revelation 12, 11. If you want to turn there, we don't have, it's fine. Um, But it's just, um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I believe personally that, wow, the Holy Spirit's in here this morning. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, I believe that we each have our own very powerful testimony. And when we speak that out and we tell other people, like what we've overcome because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of our testimony, there's power in that. And, of course, the enemy would like to shut us up. He doesn't want us. I think that he's mildly okay. I mean, he's probably irritated when we're saved and we're going to heaven and that's it. That's the end of it. We live our lives as a lukewarm Christian saying, okay, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Everything's fine, right? But he gets completely undone when we open our mouth and start speaking And telling other people about the goodness of God and what he's done in our life. Because that's what it's about. Jesus, sorry, Holy Spirit told me the other day. And it kind of was like, it took me off guard. But he said, it's all about you to me. But it has nothing to do with you. And I was like, okay, give me some revelation on that Holy Spirit. Because that's weird. So he said, it's all about you because it's your choice. You have to choose to open up your mouth and speak. But it has nothing to do with you because I placed my son, I mean, you you chose to place my son, invite him in and start speaking. So that's how, you know, it has everything to do with me because I live inside of you. But it's all about you because you have to do something with it. Just like the Bible says, you don't put a shade over the light that he's given you. You have to let it shine, you know, speak to people. Otherwise, you're useless in the kingdom of God. You're going to heaven. Great for you. You want a cookie? I mean, I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be harsh, but, you know, and, and recently I was speaking to our realtor, and that's what I was talking to him about. Like, honestly, and I'm shameful, I feel bad about this. For many years, I would just sit in church on Sunday morning claim Christianity. I'm saved. Yes. Great. I'm going to heaven. My family's saved. We're good. And I would just leave and go throughout my week, going to the grocery store, walking past people that were limping and stuff. And I, I didn't care. I mean, I didn't have that compassion. Not that I didn't care, but you all know what I'm saying. Like I didn't, it wasn't like, like this person is possibly going to hell. And I'm just going along my merry way because I'm okay. I'm good. So I, I ministered to our, our realtor in a super awkward way. He was showing us the house. And I cornered him. <laughs> and I was like, did I pray for you? Do you know the love of God? Like, 
it's all about love because he loves us so much. And how can we, how can we, knowing that God loves us so much and he did it for everybody, but he would do it for just one of us, right? And all we have to do is a free gift. It's a free gift. And that's what I was telling him. And he's like, wow. I'm like, I can't go through life anymore. I'm done with that. I'm done with just having tunnel vision. And we should be too as a church. That's our job. That's a commandment from Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and the good news. Tell people what I've done for you. Otherwise, what does it matter? What does it matter? Like, what, what really does it do? You know what I'm saying? So the other thing that <clears throat> verse that he gave me, and I apologize, I didn't look up the actual thing, but um, it says, um, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I'm just going to give my testimony this morning um, of me. I'm going to try and keep it short. <laughs> um I'm almost 43, so it might be 43, 44. He tried to tell me I was going to be 44. I'm like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's 43. <laughs> don't, don't add a year to me, please. Yeah, 29, you're ageless. Yes, I refuse to participate with age. That's what I'm saying. If someone asks me how old I am, I'm going to say I refuse to participate with age. I'm timeless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so, um, so it all began a long, long time ago. That's <laughs> my daughter Elena. She's she's like our sayings person from the church. She came up with the youth too, saying, "What was it? Um, why are you still talking about it? It's over." Uh, and then she was talking to one of her sisters, <clears throat> telling a story, and she's like, a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was born, <laughs> and then when I was about three, I had a grandmother. Thank God for praying grandmothers. I actually called her church grandma um, because she was the one, the only one that would take me to church. She invested every time I'd go to San Antonio to visit my biological father, she was his mom. She would be like, let me take Angela to church. And um, everyone called me Angie. Um, so I would always go with her in my Sunday best, little blue dress, black hat and shoes. Um, and so she was my church grandma. And then some horrible things happened when I was five. And then when I was about eight, um, so I'm just trying to go through. If you have any questions, you can ask, but I don't want to make it too long. So when I was eight, I took it upon myself. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I don't even know where I got the, the angst to do it, but we lived on a military base in Northern California on the border of Nevada. Um, both my dads and grandpas were Marines. <laughs> Sorry, Kalani. Well, same general as the Navy. Um, yeah. So we lived in like a, a military housing, but it was shaped like a circle. And down in the center was the community center. And they had church there every Sunday in the community center. So eight years old, my parents didn't go to church. They had never talked to me about church. Only my, my church grandma when I was three to four. And I think she passed away. Um, so four years later, um, I said, I'm going to go to church today, mom. And she was like, okay. 
So I got my Bible, my precious moments Bible that church grandma had given me when I was four, (laughs) walked down by myself to the community center and just went to church. And that was the first time that I actually remember receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior at eight. And I did that for a couple weeks and then, you know, that kind of went away. Um, And then again at 15, I rededicated myself um, at a church in Tucson. And I did the whole promise ring thing, uh, promise ring thing, got baptized in water, all that good stuff. <clears throat> and then a couple months later, I dishonored the promise ring thing. Um, I'm glorifying God in this, but I still got to go through a couple of icky details, unfortunately. Um, but thank the Lord Jesus for his grace for that. He restores, there's restoration. Um, And then I rededicated again when I was 17, um, when I got my first serious boyfriend in high school. There was a lot of icky things as far as, and I messed up again with that purity thing. Um, There were some icky things as far as witchcraft and black magic going on in his family. And unfortunately, that somehow affected me, which it shouldn't have. And 17 to 22, I believe, I was in and out of mental institutions having psychotic episodes where um, I believed that everyone were demons, was demons, however you say proper English, um, and that I was trying to get to Jesus because somehow because I had messed up, I wasn't saved, I was lost forever. And everyone that I would look at, sorry, everyone that I'd look at, like my grandpa, my mom, they were all demons to me, but they were themselves, if that makes sense. Like I didn't see a manifested demon going, rah! But like when they would talk to me, I'd be like, no, you're not my mom. You're not my mom. You're, you know, you're a demon from hell. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? I need him right now. And it took the first time when I was 17, um, really weird. I'm not going to go into the whole episode, but I had so much like adrenaline running through me because of the fear that it took me. I mean, it took like eight to 10 grown men. And like I said, my uncle, my grandpa, they were Marines and it was probably like four to six police officers. My boyfriend, they came because they were like, she's on drugs. What did she take, Nathan, to my boyfriend at the time? He's like, I've never, I never had taken a drug before that. Never even smoked a cigarette. Um, and they're like, I don't think she took anything. They're like, she's got to be on something. She's way too strong. She shouldn't be able to resist like this. And they had to, and I was fighting all these men off because I was trying to get outside because in my mind, Jesus was walking down the street calling all his believers to take them to heaven, which obviously is not biblical because he comes, but whatever, I was 17. So I was just trying to fight all these people off, and they were demons to me holding me down. So you best believe I'm going to fight this all my life. So they were able to finally hogtie me. Um, I don't know if you guys know what that means, but they put me on the ground, basically put their knee in my back and handcuffed my hands and my feet behind me and lifted me up like that and carried me. I was a lot thinner back then. <laughs> but um, carried me into the patrol car, took me to Palo Verde Mental Institution. Um, I later escaped in bunny slippers, but that's a whole other funny story. I jumped the wall in bunny slippers. 
and ran into a nearby neighborhood <laughs> and totally freaked out a family. Actually, they weren't really that freaked out, which was the strange part. The teenage girl was on the phone with her boyfriend, and she's like, I got to let you go. And I'm like, help, I need help. I just escaped the mental institution. I need to call my mom or my boyfriend. And she's like, I got to let you go. I'm like, <laughs> but then he called my mom, traitor, and she came and got me and took me back. And they didn't let me wear my slippers or let me outside anymore, so that was a bummer. But anyway, while I was in there, they, I wouldn't, um, they put me in a room, a padded room, strapped me down, and I was seeing the nurses told my mom when she came to visit me that it sounded like a whole choir of angels. And if any of you have ever heard me sing, that is not what I sound like. <laughs> but, so they're like, yeah, your daughter has a beautiful voice. It sounded like a whole choir of angels coming from that room. And my mom's like, my daughter? Oh, you must be mistaken. So I know God was with me. He was with me in that room. And there probably was a multitude of angels in there protecting me. But anyway, fast forward um, until I was uh, 23, so in and out, on a lot of medications, guys. So I was like <clears throat> a zombie because they thought it was a mental illness. Obviously, it was a spiritual attack. Um, I know that now. So I was just walking around like, Ugh. So I was always in between, like, if I didn't take my medication, I'd start wigging out. If I did take my medication, I was just like, meh. So I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to take my medication anymore. So I had another episode. Um, I ended up in the emergency room of Keno this time because I was an adult. Um, I went to work <laughs> totally unclothed um, and tried to work, <laughs> knocked on the door. Hey, it was casual Friday. It really was. It was casual Friday, ironically. Um, again, I was a lot thinner then, so <laughs> thank the Lord that it is. Our eyes weren't uh, horribly messed up, but I had a towel on. And the lady came to the door, my supervisor, and she peeked it open because I had my card with me. And I was about to open. She goes, no, no, that's inappropriate attire for work. And I said, but it's casual Friday. And she goes, no, no. So I dropped the towel, and I said, is this appropriate attire? And she goes, no, no, that's worse, dear. So she picked up the towel, took me to the office. My grandparents came to pick me up. They took me and dropped me off at um, the emergency room at Kino. And I was just in the towel. They never did give me a blanket or a, uh, what are those things called? Oops, sorry, a gown. They didn't. They just threw me in a room with other people that had like-minded issues. So that was a bad situation. We were all in there, like, talking to the voices in our heads, whatever. So then I meet a guy, which should not have been the best place. Let me just tell you guys, don't meet your future spouse in an emergency room, mental place. No, not good. But, yeah, I ended up marrying him. The only blessing that came out of that was my daughter, Justice. <laughs> um, so fast forward a couple years later, I found, like, that was horrible. It was a horrible marriage. Should have never went there. Torture, um, abuse verbally like you know so with me it wasn't it should have been that I should have left when it was just me but when the abuse went to my daughter I was like okay I'm out of here I'm not staying for that we're we're out so now I'm a single mom um, trying to live life raise my kid um, thank the Lord I had been off of medicine 
for a while, and I hadn't had an episode for a while. And then I found Living Hope, um, the church that we had been in for many, many years, walking through to my apartment. Um, I didn't have a car at the time. We took the bus everywhere, which was actually an adventure. Like, we went all over Tucson and stuff. And I was working. I was a dental assistant. I did have the the mind to, like, get a career when I was with my ex-husband because I, you know, looking back now, God always has a plan, you know, and he used to tell me, my ex, like, nobody's going to want you. You have a kid. Like, nobody, you know, you're not going to be able to support yourself. You have to stay with me, and I believed that. So then um, about two years before I left him, I went to school for dental assisting, you know, just with, and I think that that was God, you know, preparing because he knew it was going to happen. Um, and so I did have that career, thank God. So I was able to support support us. And so I rededicated myself April 6th, no, April 12th, 2006 um, at Living Hope. And then the rest is history from there. Like I never, well, I kind of did have an episode. <laughs> a, a little teeny tiny one right before I, got together with my current husband, which is amazing and awesome and totally different <clears throat> than the first one. But anyway, so that's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. So now I have seven more beautiful children, a granddaughter, another baby on the way. So I just want to encourage you that there is power. Like if you look and, and God told me the other day, cause I was just thinking about all the stuff like, not that I have overcome everything, it's that God, God did that. I overcame by the blood of the lamb because I had Jesus in me, planted in me since I was three, praying, you know, a praying grandma, and then I submitted to God, and I resisted the devil, and every time you submit to God and resist the devil, it gets easier, um, like, with anything. God wants you to prosper. That's one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He has great plans for you. He knows the plans he has for you to give you a hope and a future to prosper you, not to harm you. He wants you to be prosperous in every area, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, everything. Um, so, you know, physically, like, you know, when I get when I got injured the day before <laughs> Justice's baby shower, that was, I think, like the first time like I actually like. That was the, the tangible moment where I could feel um, the enemy fleeing from me. Um, my ankle was dying, and, and the Holy Spirit, <laughs> he laughs every time. He thinks it's hilarious. He's like, I wish I was there to see you fall. It was probably really funny. Um, but I was just crying. I went to the baby shower because I was going to cancel it. it. My foot hurt so bad. But I went. I was limping the whole time. My ankle was all swollen. <laughs> I was like, and then that night, I was in my room crying, crying out to God, like praying, you know, no, you have to leave. You have to leave. I have authority over you. And um, Holy Spirit said, get up and jump. I'm like, you're, you're tripping. I can't barely even walk. You want me to jump? He's like, yes, get up and jump. Jump, praise me, run around your room. I'm like, all right. So I submitted to God in that moment. I could have chose, no, it hurts too bad. I'm going to get in my bed in the fetal position and cry like a baby for a couple more hours and then go downstairs and make everybody feel bad for me. <laughs> and my family's like, yep. <laughs> um, but no, I 
it was it was like a I could feel it I could feel it I literally could feel the darkness tremble like I could see in the spiritual realm like all the demons going she's got it now she understands it now she gets it we're in trouble like <laughs> really I really could and so I just felt like that breakage so I want to encourage and every time you do that it's it gives you power. It gives you it's and it makes it easier the next time. So and I know Justice has experienced that with the headaches. You know she was just laying there with the headache and she's like, you know what? I don't have to take. I don't. What am I doing? I don't have to accept this. And she said, get out in the name of Jesus. She got up, you know, and it was good. It was great. So I just want to encourage you guys. And I know I want to actually pray over. I want to lay hands on everyone in here. Everyone in here, I just want us to come up collectively as a church. And if someone could go get the teachers and all the kids, I want to even lay hands on the kids. Um, and if Pastor Miguel, Pastor Kwani, and Pastor Alex will come up and help me do that. So, and if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with fire, please, we can do that also. But I just want to pray over every one of you. Because I know you guys all have an awesome testimony. Every single one of you. And the enemy wants nothing more but to keep you quiet. He wants to separate you from the flock. Just like, you know, reckless love. You know, if we go off by ourselves, he's going to come get you. The Lord's going to come get you. He'll leave the 99. But he doesn't want you out there by yourselves to get devoured by the wolves and the enemy. You know, don't. Don't think that you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough or you don't have a voice. Speak what God has done for you in your life to glorify him and to tell everybody else, you know, I was in a bad place. You know, look what he did for me. You know, tell people that because that's powerful. That's powerful. If someone just gets up and preaches, oh, yeah, Jesus will help you. Um, this scripture, this scripture. Okay, thanks. Go home. You know, go live the rest of your life. I mean, it's good. It will tickle your ears. It will make you feel good for a couple of days. But there's no real change in that. When we each individually speak our lives, and we all have a ministry. I don't know if everybody watched Melissa's video. If you guys want to, is he getting the little kids too? Probably. Um, everyone has a ministry, whether it's your workplace, your school, if you're young, um, if you work with kids. You know, wherever you go, recently I found mine at Walmart pickup because <laughs> that's where I do most of my shopping. And I'm there probably like two or three times a week. Yeah, so I just like, can I pray for you? Or if I see somebody limping, like, can I pray for you? Can I lay hands on you? So it's just everyone has that place. And don't let the voice of the enemy say, oh, they're going to laugh at you. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to see results. Even if you don't see results then and there, don't stop. Never, ever stop. Hi, baby. All right, so anyway, I want to lay hands on everyone. If you want to come up, stand in a line, and then the pastors, Pastor Miguel and Pastor Trina, if you want to come up also.